Hey, what's up? This is Jeanette, and I'm your host for the Chronicles of an Introverted Black Woman. So welcome. We have made it to volume four. Can you believe that? Like, we're up to episode four of the Chronicles, and I'm so excited. And it's only right that I talk about something that is really important to me, something that I've experienced for a long time, and I really want to bring awareness, especially in the Black community. That experience that I'm talking about is living with anxiety. It seems like it's a topic that doesn't have much focus on it. I am hoping that I can bring some awareness, maybe some peace and some understanding of the topic of anxiety and hopefully give you some coping skills that will help you kind of work through those different emotions and it's okay to embrace that part of you and be uncomfortable and allowing yourself to grow as an individual because each day you should be 1% better, right? You shouldn't be where you are yesterday. So look at it that way. I always want you to work on yourself and one way that you can do that is understanding that if you have something that you're struggling with, own it. And learn about it and find ways to get through life with it. And that's why I'm talking about anxiety today. Because a lot of people know me and see me or have friendships with me, conversations, whatever it may be. And they understand. And they may not even be able to see that I'm an anxious person. But the way my brain functions, it can be hard to even focus on a conversation that you might have with someone and you don't even know that you are becoming this anxious person it was hard to pinpoint what it was it's like my brain is constantly going and then when there's a situation you're putting yourself in or a situation that you are currently in sometimes you focus on that small thing and you play all of these different scenarios and that can cause anxiety and for me that's something that I've been dealing with since college especially in college where you are focusing on so many different things at once and you're trying to wrap your brain around it and your brain goes into overload especially for me so I want to find ways to bring awareness and let people know that there's nothing wrong with you if you're feeling this way when you have a lot of thoughts and then your mind becomes a little bit overwhelmed and you're not sure okay what can I do to make things better what can I do to slow down the anxiousness of things and I'm hoping that I can bring some awareness to this topic so yeah stay tuned welcome to the segment knowing your worth And when I'm saying knowing your worth, I'm not just talking about in an intimate relationship. I'm talking about in general. During this time where social media is at the forefront of everything, it's important for us to remember that we are worth a lot. I know that with the whole Black Lives Matter movement, there's always going to be an opposing side. You have to remember that. There are going to be people that are going to post things that will make you feel uncomfortable. You might start to see things that make you feel some emotions that you just don't understand quite yet. But feel those feelings. You might start to feel anxious and that is okay. But I want you to understand is that you need to know 
your worth. You are a black person. You are a black, beautiful person. You come from love. And I want you to remember that before we came here, we were doctors, we were lawyers, we were nurses, we had so much. So when you start to think about your history, it doesn't start with slavery. I don't want you to feel that with all these things coming about and you're seeing the new Jim Crow laws, like you might want to start to learn to like learn about your history. It is a lot out there, a lot of information that will bring you on this emotional roller coaster. But what I want you to remember and keep in mind is that during this journey, a realization and becoming more of who you are, take it in and give yourself give yourself time to process. Give yourself time to reflect and just remember to know your worth. All of the things that our ancestors endured, it will it will forever be a part of us. But what I need to tell you is know your worth. If you know your worth, all of those things that are happening around you, good or bad, it won't affect how you feel. When you start to find that balance and you say, okay, I know my worth. I'm black. I'm beautiful. I make shit happen. We make shit happen. And you should never have to apologize for your blackness. Whatever you are feeling in this moment, feel it. If you're feeling angry, if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling happy, if you're feeling like you want to laugh, do it. And there's so much information out there right now. And some of it can be overwhelming. I know for me, when I was watching the movie, when I first watched the movie 13th, it was a lot. At first, I was like, wait, so what was I learning in school this whole time? But this is the history that I want to teach my son. He needs to know the truth. And whatever they're teaching in school, whatever we're required to teach in school, there has to be a change. But once again, know your worth. No matter what's going on in the news, social media, even if you need to take a break from all of this stuff, do it. And just have some self-reflection. I always go back to that because that's one thing that is really important to me is understanding that your self-worth is important. No matter what comes your way, you can handle handle it. If you need time to be alone, if you're feeling overwhelmed with like emails and text messages from random people that you haven't talked to in a long time to like check on you I'm sure it's coming from a good place but you don't have to respond and I feel like a lot of times we we feel that oh no if I don't respond it's going to look like I'm a mean person it's gonna feel difficult you're going to want to cry you're going to want to sometimes you might want to laugh You might want to be alone. Whatever you're feeling, it is okay. Because a lot of this information is even new to me. Because growing up, a lot of the history that I knew to be true, in fact, it wasn't. 
So when you're finding out certain things in your history, Hey, what's up? Welcome to this segment of Black Educator. So today I want to focus on talking about the current curriculum that we're using in most schools, especially when it comes to social studies, content studies, whatever you want to call it. I think it's really important for us to start teaching the truth. And what I mean by the truth is teaching our beautiful students about the real history. So I started with my students. It was it was a funny story. I told my students that I was going to take off next Friday. Next Friday is Juneteenth. And if you don't know what Juneteenth is, I'll tell you a little bit about what it is. Believe it or not, Juneteenth is an import is a very very important date for African Americans. American history has been told that July 4th was the day that we got our independence. And it's like, we who? Not black people. Black people were not free. It wasn't until June 19th of 1865, okay? That is when African-Americans were no longer enslaved, right? Although Abraham Lincoln did sign the Emancipation Proclamation, which was issued June 1st of 1863, there were still people enslaved in Texas, right? So after the end of the American Civil War, we weren't all free. So I know in the history books, Abraham Lincoln, like, oh, he signed the Emancipation Proclamation, we are free, and no. So that's where Juneteenth comes from. And it's insane that this happened in 1865, yet it is not a national holiday. And I wanted to share this with my students and they were so shocked. They were like, wait, but why don't we get to celebrate it? This whole time, you know, I thought it was 4th of July. And it's like, in our own communities, we had our own hospitals, we had our own businesses, our own schools, and it was burned to the ground. And I feel like it's important for us to teach these things so that Not that we want people to feel hatred to one group, but to bring awareness. Because how do you think black and brown children are going to feel when they realize, wait, so we've been celebrating 4th of July, but my ancestors weren't free during the 4th of July. So what independence? So I feel like by not bringing awareness to this topic, because I wasn't taught about Juneteenth, I'll be honest with you until I took a black studies class in college. So my whole life up until I got into college, I wasn't aware of Juneteenth or what it even stood for, what it even meant. And this is the history of black people. And as a black educator, I think it's important for, or just an educator in general, you don't have to be black. I think it's important to teach our students, especially if you teach black and brown children. They need to know their history. The Black Wall Street. That's important to know. That we had a thriving community. It's only making the situation worse rather than making it better. So I feel like Juneteenth, the actual Freedom Day, 
for African Americans needs to be celebrated. I believe that Juneteenth should be a national holiday. The same way that we have this whole fireworks and barbecues for the 4th of July. Meanwhile, my people weren't free. My ancestors were still enslaved. But we're supposed to cook some hot dogs on the grill and hamburgers and celebrate. Celebrate for whom? So that's why this year I decided that I'm going to take time to educate myself on on my history. And I was watching 13th, which focuses on the 13th Amendment. And I really had to pause throughout the film. It's a beautiful documentary. I had to pause because it was a lot to, to take in. Like even though the 13th Amendment was passed, which um, ruled out that slavery was over it really wasn't yeah it was over in a way that okay we can't have slaves in our homes so what can we do oh let's create a prison system let's start mass incarceration incarceration the people who are in prison are african americans and then we'll do free labor and the list goes on and wait and then we'll, we'll have police who can just go around and racially profile people and arrest them. Oh, but wait, there's more. We can give them a higher sentence. A higher sentence rather than giving them a less sentence. Whereas a white person who commits the same crime won't go into jail for the same time. The list goes on. And don't even get me started about the medical system for black women. And it's like, why? Why is the percentage so high for black women who die during childbirth? It's just really sad. And I'm so happy that we are raising awareness around police brutality, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's so many things that connect and add to this pyramid of systemic racism. And we're only at the tip. So when people say, oh yes, we got some convictions. No, we're not done. Our work as educators, our work as people, as a community, we're not done yet. We just reached the surface and we have to continue to fight for equality. And it's crazy because that's all we really want. We're not trying to be superior to anyone. We just want to have equality. And before equality, we just wanted to be civil. And that's why we had the civil rights movement. Can you believe that people of color had to fight so that they can be treated in a civil manner? That they could be able to drink water from the same water fountain that we're able to use the same restroom that we're able to eat in the same restaurant that we're allowed to sit anywhere on the bus we just wanted to be civil and when people say oh but why are they rioting and why are they protesting why can't they be peaceful and we tried to be peaceful we did look at Martin Luther King 
he was peaceful and he was killed. Colin Kaepernick took a knee and that wasn't peaceful, right? That wasn't peaceful enough. It's it's getting to a point where we have to do better. And that's why this topic that I focus on was called like talking about anxiety because all of these things, even as I'm talking, I can't even focus on one topic because my anxiety keeps interfering with, oh, but will it be different for my son or will it be different 10 years from now or even five years from now? What progress will we make? Will we regress? These are questions that we have to ask ourselves. Not just as educators, because some of you who are listening, you're not in the classroom, but you're a person. And it's always good to ask yourself important questions. If we want to make progress, we have to continue to self-reflect. It only starts with us. And yeah, that's my rant for today. My rant on being a black educator who's fed up, who's tired, but I'm not defeated. Never ever will I feel defeated because every chapter of our life, it's a lesson. And I'm not sure what this lesson's going to be, but I know the outcome will be great. And yeah, so thanks for listening to my my rant. So I always have to talk about the book that inspires each episode. So in today's episode, I was reading a book by Angela Neal Barnett, and it's called Soothe Your Nerves. The Black Woman's Guide to Understanding and Overcoming Anxiety, Panic, and Fears. That title alone says enough. All right, hey, welcome to this segment, Anxiety is a Big Deal. And I want to say that, I'm going to keep saying that, that it is a big deal. And we can't keep telling people, oh, you'll get over it, or you're fine. I don't know why you're stressing out. When you don't understand how people handle emotions, people go through different things at their own capacity. So just because one person may feel that that problem isn't big or that situation isn't that serious or it could be worse, that's the worst thing you can say to someone who has anxiety. You kind of make them feel small and that's not what the purpose of being there and supporting someone looks like. Okay, so when most people who hear someone say that they have anxiety, it is often overlooked, right? Sometimes we're saying that we're being dramatic or you're overreacting when there is a real issue. And that kind of makes things worse for people who have anxiety. And it becomes a point where you start to internalize all of these emotions, all of these feelings, because people are telling you, oh, it's not that serious. You'll be fine. So a lot of times you keep all those emotions in and it kind of boils over. And for me, for my own experience, 
I try to find a way to reflect on all things anxiety. So what that means is whatever I'm going through, I try to find what triggers that anxiety for me. Once I am able to pinpoint what causes me to become anxious, I try to understand why. And once you're able to understand why, that kind of gives you some self-reflection and and the ability to cope with those things. For me, some things that I often do is I shut people out because people don't know a lot about anxiety or they just assume that, oh, you're being dramatic and they don't want to hear people stress over a lot of things. People don't want to hear that sometimes. So then that can make things worse for that person who's feeling anxious because then they start to question themselves. Like, am I overreacting? Is there something wrong with me or am I fine? And that can cause the person to become even more anxious. And that can cause the person to feel even worse than and they start shutting people out and they start shutting their feelings out and saying, okay, I'll get over it. I'll be fine. And that's not what we want people to do. You want people to be willing to be open to express how they feel. And I feel like it's important to find ways to cope with anxiety or having a panic attack. And I feel like we don't talk about it enough in the world or in the community. And you don't have to suffer from anxiety alone. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. There's always going to be someone that can help you. There can be music that you can listen to. There's always ways to find solitude. And I've been living with anxiety and I'm fine. It's just sometimes there's you have to look for those triggers. And once you find those triggers, they will allow you to manage and control it when you know something's going to happen so you can kind of do it before like it escalates like oh I know I'm going to be put in this situation what can I do to avoid this anxiety attack and that's all I'm not saying that's all you have to do but that is a start and don't get me wrong for a long time I thought it was a weakness and For some people, it might say, oh, that's a weakness and you don't want to share with people. You don't want to be this vulnerable person. And I feel like being vulnerable is so important when with the right people. And it's sad because I've always been taught like generational curses. We keep talking about this is that, oh, you're fine. You'll be over it. And For a long time, people struggle alone. And I want to bring awareness that you shouldn't have to struggle alone with anything that you're going through. There's always ways to get help, whether it's through therapy, whether it's through a friend, whether if it's listening to music or drawing on a piece of paper, finding something that will alleviate the anxiety is very important to do. And I like to add a little bit of statistics or information to really hone in on the importance of mental health awareness. And I want you guys and I want to know, like, did you guys know that anxiety disorder are the most common mental health disorder in the United States? In the United States, anxiety disorder, because it's often overlooked. It's like, oh, take a nap count to 10, you'll be fine. So it's often overlooked, but that's one of the most common mental health disorders. And data even shows that black women, anxiety is more chronic and the symptoms more intense than their white counterparts. This description, however, only tells half of the story. What it does not tell us is how anxiety is perceived and experienced daily by black women. 
right? When you are anxious and you're working, sometimes you try to overlook it. You might say, oh, I need more coffee or, oh, I'm fine. I just need to sit down for a second. And that just makes things worse. When you start to feel anxious, you need to cope with it. Every time you keep saying I'm fine or it's going to go away or it will pass, that is just adding fuel to the fire. It's not going to get better. The only way it's going to get better is when you say to yourself, okay, there's something that I need to figure out and I need to know how. That's the first thing you have to do. Yes, I know strong black women it's a legendary thing. Like we have all of these legendary black women. We have Michelle Obama. We have Harriet Tubman. We have Oprah. There's so many people that are legendary. And I feel like we've been made as this image of being able to persist and persevere through all these challenges, which is great. But there's some things that we have to understand that we can't always be that strong black woman. Sometimes we have to figure out our mental space and sometimes our mental space can be at risk because we're always trying to be that strong black woman. And if we have another shift, it's like you're either the strong black woman or the angry black woman. And there's no time for in between, but we have to get rid of that stigma. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to feel like, oh man, I don't know how to control this. And that is fine. We really need to stop putting pressure on being this strong black woman even though you can be strong and have anxiety so it doesn't have to be separated in two you can have both of those things so now I want to talk about what physical signs that you can look for to figure out if you do have anxiety so sometimes when you're starting to think about stuff that has nothing to do with the moment right now you start to play it in your head in so many different ways and you're kind of overthinking right if you're an overthinker and then your heart starts to beat rapidly that's one way sometimes you even get headaches from thinking so much you might feel like a lump in your throat feeling sometimes you even get insomnia that's one thing that I often get because I'm always up late at night thinking so much and then it causes me to stay up and this is when I record my podcast so I find ways to cope with my anxiety one way to cope with that is by writing when I write my thoughts down it allows me the space to feel calm the space for me to feel at peace so whatever helps you cope with anxiety allow it to come in and embrace it you can also have excess sweating Um, I've seen people who have uncontrollable shaking where you're trying to calm yourself down, but you you manage to still have shaking, right? But living with anxiety is really hard, especially when you don't understand or when no one understands it. But the most important thing that you have to make sure that you're doing for yourself is having time to recharge yourself. Always make that a priority. Even if it's 10 minutes of no screen time, 10 minutes of you by yourself with some music with some paper and a pencil find time to do this every day when you start to feel yourself getting anxious stop what you're doing take a breath and say you know what I'm going to find time for myself and whatever I'm thinking or overthinking it is going to pass Keep telling yourself that because whatever you go through in life, it is temporary. And I said that in the last episode. 
everything that we go through is temporary and it's a lesson that we have to learn so let yourself go through the emotions go through those feelings and make sure that you are aware of the triggers that may trigger your anxiety and find ways to cope with it the moment you find ways to cope with your anxiety you will start to live life you do not want your anxiety to take over the way you function let it become a part of who you are but don't let it take over who you are you get what i'm saying because if you are like a walking time bomb we do not need that we need you to be fine we need you to be okay and it's okay to not know everything it's okay not to be sure of what will happen next but you cannot let people determine what you can handle you know what you can handle and you know what you need to do to understand it when I try to find and think about where anxiety started for me it all started back in college I remember it was undergrad and I realized that I had a lot of pressure on me to make sure that I can finish up my papers, hand in stuff on time, all of these due dates. And I started to feel myself overthinking every little thing to the point where I started to get really bad migraines. And I always wonder like, why am I always getting these migraines during certain times? And it wasn't all the time. And then I had a friend who was like, oh my God, do you get these really bad migraines and headaches that won't go away after you study? And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. Like right before finals, right before midterms, it was really, really bad. And she's like, oh, you definitely have anxiety. And I'm like, oh, I don't have anxiety. That's like not a thing. And for a long time, I was like, whatever. I don't have anxiety. I can't have anxiety. It's not real. And the first thing that you have to understand is that we can't be in denial. First thing you need to do is just accept that you, it's not that you have a problem because I don't think I have a problem. I know that there are certain parts of me that may seem like flaws or seem like weaknesses, but honestly, those flaws and those weaknesses that may seem like a weakness to someone, it actually brings out the best in us. Me having anxiety allowed me to slow down and take time to process certain things, take time to reflect more and find ways to manage it. So anything that you're suffering with in your life, there's always a way to manage it. Never think that, oh man, I'm dealing with this or whatever the situation may be, that this is it. There's always a way. And I feel like if we take the time to understand how our brains work, to understand how our needs, and that's why I said we need to have healthy boundaries, we need to cut the small talk. And once we do those things, that will alleviate the anxiety. So here are some ways that I found to be very helpful and I wanna pass them along. There are different triggers right? Everyone has different triggers. Everyone is not going to be the same. But once you identify them, that is the most important step to be 
to be able to manage anxiety attacks. Once you identify those triggers, you could take some time and self-reflect. So here are some five quick ways to cope with anxiety. Are you ready? So if your anxiety is focused around a situation uh, such as being worried about an upcoming event, that happens a lot for some of us. Like when we know something's about to happen, a wedding, a birthday party, anniversary, anything that's coming up that you might feel pressure and you're thinking about it, it can cause anxiety. You may notice some symptoms are short-lived and sometimes they subside. So you then you forget about it. But other times, those feelings of worry, usually I feel like with anxiety, it's usually linked to worry for me. When I start to worry about, oh my God, am I going to be able to do this in time? Or if I have a lot of deadlines, that's where I notice. So that's my trigger. So for me, I make sure that I have a calendar or I have a planner to make sure my schedule's planned out. I do not do well when with surprises or surprise deadlines. Those things don't work for me. And I've learned that about myself. So for me, I like to plan ahead of time so that way I feel like there's no surprises and that will alleviate the anxiety. And another thing is you want to question your thought pattern. The way you think controls every anxiety attack. Negative thoughts can take root in your mind. We all know this. So the more negative thoughts you're thinking, right, it's going to make it challenging for you to not worry. But if you're thinking about more positive things or the more positive outlook of stuff, chances are the anxiety won't be there because, oh, I'm thinking happy thoughts. So that's why it's always good to question your thought pattern. Am I thinking too much about things that I can't control? Keep that in mind. If you can't control certain things, then why think about it? You're just going to cause that anxiety attack. Another thing that works for me is practicing focusing on your breathing. If you focus on your breathing, and I mean, not just like, like taking deep breaths, and like maybe counting to a five and then breathing through your nose and exhaling through your mouth, that really helps calm you down and you feel a difference. So that also helps. Another thing that I would suggest is using aromatherapy. Uh, lavender, chamomile, those two are amazing. And with aromatherapy, it's so good because it kind of activates parts of your brain that will ease the anxiety. And if those things don't work, or if you find like, okay, I'm not into aromatherapy, or I tried the breathing exercises, another thing that I would suggest is go for a walk or do some yoga, go for a walk, do some yoga, listen to some music, those things. And as you're another thing, as you're walking, or as you're listening to music, the goal is to not think about negative thoughts. The goal is to focus on something positive, even if it's the smallest thing, focusing on that positive aspect of your life will help you control your anxiety. You won't feel the headache. You won't feel the sweaty palms like you won't feel the heartbeat rushing. You'll be able to have a good night sleep. Those are things that I feel like 
helped me with my anxiety. Another thing that I really love doing is writing down your thoughts. Simple as that. Like you have all of those thoughts, all of those worries, write them down. Once you write them down, they leave your brain and they're on the paper. And I feel like writing those things down, even if you have to write it every single day, the same thing that's been bothering you, write it down. It makes your your anxiety get out of your head and it can be less daunting. Like, okay, I wrote it down. Now I can relax. So those are some little coping skills that I've used. And I hope that maybe you've tried some of these things. And if you haven't, go for it. I'm telling you, it will help. And just because, you know, you do the breathing exercises one week and you're like, oh man, this works, I'm done. That might not work next time. Depending on what triggered your anxiety, you might need different coping skills. So keep that in mind. So if, it, if you're stressing about work or if you're stressing about a relationship or if you're stressing about something small or something big, you have to think about it. Like, is this a small problem that I can solve by breathing, relaxing? You have to ask yourself. And remember, keeping yourself at the center of all of this is so important. I know that we have friends, we have family, we have a job, we have things that take over our life and it's very understandable. But if you want to find a way to help with your anxiety and cope with it, find time for yourself. And I'm gonna say that in every volume that self-love, self-reflection is so important when we're working with working on our mental health. If we aren't taking time to build on ourselves, we can't help anyone. We can't be there for anyone wholeheartedly if we're not there for ourselves. So take the time, even if it's 10 minutes out of your day, to just do something for yourself. It can be small, but the like I said, each day, 1% of you should be moving in a better direction. That's all I'm asking, 1%. And I know some days are going to be harder than others, but just think about those days that were good. Think about those days when your anxiety, you didn't even remember you had it. I know I do it all the time. And then when those days are bad and you have so much thoughts and you feel like everything is going wrong or Mercury's in retrograde like like it is right now. <laughs> but there's so many things that can get in the way of your focus. So always keep that in mind. There's always going to be something that will try to trigger you. If you know this in advance you're more prepared. And that's what really, really helps me with my anxiety. If I'm, if I know what's going to happen next, or if I prepare myself for what's going to happen next, then there's no room for me to have anxiety because it's like, okay, I already knew this was coming. So if you try to do that as well, if you already know what's going to happen, and, and especially for people who are introverted, we are always in our heads. 
we are always in our heads and when we're in solitude alone that's when we get in our head the most and sometimes i know for me when i'm like up real late i'm thinking non-stop about stuff that you shouldn't even be thinking about because once you start thinking about stuff that it's like okay what does this have to do with anything that i'm doing currently it throws you off your game it throws you off the, your game. And I've noticed that once you start to let one little negative thought into your mind, they start to trickle in. So don't make room for that. The moment that negative thought or that trigger comes and you start to feel your heart pacing or your brain or your, your you start to feel like you have a headache. You know that, okay, I, I need to stop. I need to go for a walk. I need to take a break. And all of these things, all of these things are okay. You don't need to have, you do not need to be that strong person all the time. You don't. And don't let anyone make you feel that way. Or you shouldn't even be hard on yourself. Sometimes we're our hardest critic. Don't be hard on yourself. If you were able to get out of the bed and get dressed this morning, you're doing fine. With the way the world is going, there's, it's hard not to, be anxious all the time because whenever you turn the news on it's something new but as humans we are able to adjust no matter what challenge may come your way you are built to get over it never tell yourself or sell yourself short because at the end of the day you can do it and one last thing, like I feel one good thing that's coming out of all of this, like 2020 of hell, I can say that I can start to feel a sense of community. If you know what I mean, I'm starting to feel a sense of community. And I want to keep in mind that at the center of this, we have to be kind we need to be always, always be kind to one another. And on Instagram, because I am a sucker for quotes and a sucker for like positive reading and positive energy. So I want to end with this quote from Walk the Earth, right? I love following self-love blogs and self-love Instagrams. So there was this really cute kindness post and I want to share with you kindness is one of the most forgetting yet most wonderful gifts you could give it heals wounds and brightens days it brings us together and reminds us that we are more similar than we are different sometimes it's easier to be cold and distant and harder to be warm and vulnerable. Choose kindness anyway. Be an encourager. Be someone who helps others. Give love, have compassion, stay humble. It is the little acts of kindness that make the biggest difference. So I wanted to end with that because dealing with anxiety, it's going to be a constant constant battle if you are not around people who are willing to be kind 
make sure those people in your circle are kind. Make sure those people in your circle are understanding. Kind, understanding, and loving. Kind, understanding, and loving. Those three things are so important because when you are an anxious person, you're already thinking about so many ways that something can go wrong. And the last thing you need is a circle that will add to that. I'm not saying any one circle should be perfect, but, and we all have things that we are going through and we also have to be mindful of that. So when you encounter someone and, or if you're talking to someone and you feel that they're acting a certain way, please remember that you never know what someone's going through. You never know what a person is struggling with. They may smile every single day when they see you. But that doesn't mean that that person isn't dealing with their own stuff internally. So I think we have to be mindful. And we have to be kind. And it's such a simple thing. You would think. I teach children how to be kind, but it's something that seems so simple, but yet so difficult. And and especially during this time, I think it's important that we choose kindness, choose kindness over anger, choose kindness over sadness, choose kindness over jealousy, just choose kindness. for listening to volume four of the chronicles of an introverted black woman and if you want to follow me on instagram my instagram name is at introverted blk woman see you next week